Hello and welcome to the Green Pole podcast. Tonight we will be reviewing our 2-0 victory over Hull City in the FA Cup third round. Um, I'm delighted to be joined by Dan Crawford tonight. How are you doing, Dan? I'm excellent, Thibaut. Great to be with you and uh, a great weekend for all Fulham fans. Absolutely, especially with um, that lot down the road losing um, and Fulham being, is it the only the only West London team left in the competition, isn't it? Well, what would you? What else would you expect from London's oldest football club? We're flying the flag and uh, you know proving our superiority on and off the field. Absolutely, we're, we're absolutely loving life. Four wins on the bounce now in all competitions, and um, we do play our local rivals in in the next game, which should be thrilling. And we will preview in the next game. Um, also, before we um, launch into the whole city reaction, just want to give a quick. Um, well done to the Fulham women's team who did draw 2-2 today. Um, so congratulations to them. Um, a, a well in, some, in some atrocious conditions at Saltdean and yeah. uh, being being behind as well. So uh, massive congratulations to Steve Jay and all the squad. I believe that point takes them top of the table. Um, yeah, hopefully. So, so well, it, well, it certainly does. But uh, Mill will have a couple of games in hand, but they've still got to yeah. come to Mottsburg Park. So, uh, yeah, let, let's, it is. <laughs> indeed. Let's hope that the Whites can uh, can keep on there. They're winning at all levels. Yep, of course. Um, so obviously, we um, we won two 0 yesterday um, up in Hull. Um, it wasn't our best performance, um, but um, Silver's men did get the job done. Um, with a got with goals from Lavin Kazawa and Dan James. Dan, what has been your overall reaction from yesterday's victory? Um, I was really pleased. I mean, I, I know you said just then it wasn't our best performance, and certainly it wasn't. Uh, but then neither was Leicester, and neither was Southampton. And when you look at the, I, I'm an evangelist for the FA Cup. I know sort of our generation. Uh, or, well, I'm grouping you in my generation there, Tibbo. It's grossly unfair <laughs> of me. Um, my, my, my generation and younger probably um, have fallen out of love with the FA Cup because it's our, our group of supporters that have grown up with the Champions League, the expansion of the Champions League, the Premier League, and, and those two competitions sort of being the holy grail um, if you support an English uh, club side, but I love the FA Cup, uh, and so two yeah. things, two two things were really um, important about this weekend for me. One was that we, you know, I, I still um, pinch myself that Fulham qualify as of right for the third round because in my Fulham supporting experience, that's still a novelty, you know, for us to be in the top two divisions. And then there was sort of a worry that with us going so well this season and we are, and we do need to emphasize that, you know, pinch ourselves that we are in seventh place in the league and, and with the potential to, to, to climb up the, the table, um, certainly with, with, with the next league match, um, that we might maybe rest a few players, rest more than a few players and, and take the competition for granted. So I was really pleased that, that Marco Silva selected what, was a much stronger starting lineup than than I had um, thought he would. And then Hall City, upwardly mobile before yesterday, they lost just one of eight under Liam Rossinio, obviously somebody we know very well um, uh, as a former Fulham player and, and get, growing his reputation as first a coach and then a manager. So I was worried. And the third round does, as we 
have seen elsewhere throw up some real shocks, and it didn't sure. disappoint this weekend either. Um, so it wasn't our greatest performance. We had to earn the right to play, and Hall had the better of the first 20 minutes, and probably much the better of the last 20 minutes as well. Um, but the difference between this Fulham side and the ones of yesteryear, certainly recently, is that we grind out these results. Um, you mentioned Lewin Kozawa. I was a little bit surprised to see our left back as the man following up when Harry Wilson had a shot palmed away by the goalkeeper. Yeah, but he, but he took it. When the notification came in. <laughs> Indeed, he took it really well. Um, and we all did have a glance over at the linesman, but the assistant referee was emphatic. He shook his head straight away and said he was onside. And the replay, the replays I've seen bear that out. Um, and then I was very pleased for Dan James. I'm, I'm sure we'll get onto it, Thibaut. Uh, yeah. But without wanting to single out anybody in particular, there have been some shocking takes on Dan James throughout his Fulham career a Fulham career that has lasted 431 minutes so far. (laughs) Um, And we are quick to judge our players. And I am glad that the internet wasn't around when, you know, Fulham fans had to put put up with the likes of Mark Cooper, um, wasting (laughs) his time in central midfield for Fulham and still acting the big man. You know, I, I do think we would have broken the internet in those days with our rage at some of the footballers that, that wore a, a Fulham shirt and were quite frankly abysmal. Um, <laughs> so to see that Dan James has scored twice now for Fulham, once against Manchester United, lest we forget. And yeah. he did make that goal all of his own accord. And also, um, he also, more, if, yeah. in, the, in the Southampton game, he um, he did concede, he did get our penalty in um, the last couple of minutes, which if it, if it was a pivotal moment, could have been a pivotal moment to get three points. So, um if thinking yeah, about it, he has he has been quite so, Yeah, just on Dan in, in particular, he's come back from an injury hit spell at Leeds. He wasn't in favour. Marco Silva has a lot of wide players to choose from. And it's clear that his major asset is his lightning pace. And when you watch when you watch that goal again, I think Frankie posted a tweet earlier that did make me laugh. How on earth is a skinny white bloke quite this fast? I know. Um, you know, it's, it's quite amazing. It, uh, and it wasn't on fast forward or sort of like whatever the mode is on Xbox these days, but you used to have to hold down a button on the Sega Mega Drive to make people <laughs> run faster. That's it's how old that, I am. The right trigger nowadays. Oh, right. R1. Yeah, there you are. You see, oh, yeah. I should have known that. <laughs> um, but look, I was really pleased because Hull were doing well in the championship. They made it difficult for us. We ground it out. There's a few more minutes in the legs for people who needed them. Um, And some of the first team players who came off the bench are tuned up nicely for that uh, SW6 derby uh, that's coming coming over the horizon now. Um, And we kept a clean sheet and Marek Rodak was outstanding. That was, yeah, definitely. He was definitely a standout player for me as well. So I'd second you on that. also great to see Tom Kearney. Um, he's such an influential player on the pitch and he was brilliant as well. Um, so though it wasn't our best performance, we, um, we it was a professional win, personally. Um, it's what any any top team would do. Um, of course, maybe not perform as well because obviously they don't have the first team players in. Um, but they get the job done. And as you said, Dan James's goal, 
put the put the icing on the cake really uh, goalkeeper a little bit unfortunate to be halfway up the other end of the pitch but we take those goals any day um and we'll discuss Dan James a bit a bit more later um it's interesting to see Seri wasn't in in the lineup for for Hull don't you think yeah, no, Sarri, no Cyrus Christie. It was almost like Liam Rossini. I was playing with my emotions a little bit. You know, I was ready to, um, in, in their different ways, both of those players um, gave us some special moments at, at Craven Cottage. Um, mm. But, you know, the the strength of Hall's performance, given that um, Rossini arrested some of his key players and indeed the two centre-forwards that came on, Oscar, I'm going to, Going to butcher this, Oscar Estepiniana. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and uh, Regan Slater came on as well. Um, the, the Hull ended up with uh, with playing playing two up top, um, and I, I think it bodes well for them that a number of their key players were not um, involved. You know, Jacob Greaves didn't didn't come on at all. Um, I did think Ryan Woods gave gave Harrison Reed a bit of a run for his money. Um, mm-hmm. in central midfield for, for, for much of that game. And, you know, we know, well, in fact, we are demonstrating that the gap between the Championship and the Premier League is not as vast as people might make out. Now, we, we've experienced how, how great a chasm it can be when you get your recruitment and your managerial choices wrong. Um, but on a one-off encounter in the in the FA Cup in difficult conditions when you don't have those combinations that are first 11 that's well drilled um, possesses by virtue of playing regularly together uh, this was a very very good solid win definitely um, just on the lineup there for Fulham obviously um, we played our B team um, so obviously lots of changes were expected. We have Carlos Vinicius start up front, which he will do. We're expecting him to do again um, against um, that lot down the road. Um, and of course, Rodak in goal. So lots of changes to the lineup. Um, it was also brilliant to see Mana Solomon back from injury. He had a 15-minute cameo towards the end, which was brilliant to see. Um, so hopefully he can make an impact for Fulham. Did very well as well, I thought. Yeah, definitely did very well. And um, hopefully he's got lots to bring to us for the second half of the season. Uh, it's almost like a new signing has just kind of arrived, really. Um, but Dan, who was your standout player for Fulham yesterday? So you mentioned Tom Kearney, um, and I, I referenced Dan James. For, for both of those players, it was probably an emotional day. You know, Tom Kearney was given his his start in senior football by Hall after being released by Leeds and it nearly prevented him from playing any more football. Um, so it's always uh, good to see him, see him come back. And, and you um, discussed earlier how, how uh, outstanding he was in the middle of the park. And I don't, I don't disagree with any of that. Dan James is actually born in um, Kingston upon Hall, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. So good for him to, to net a goal. Um, but my my man of the match is somebody who I already referenced. You know, Marek Rodak had a difficult time at the start of the season. I was one of those people who really wanted him to be given more of a run in the team than he got. You can't quibble with Bernd Leno's performances. You 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 really can't. And um, professional sport is a hard nosed uh, business. But Marek Rodak made some excellent saves. A couple in the first half, um, uh, and then two at the end. Uh, from from Absolutely two headers, 
yeah, to tip wow. over two late chances there, um, showing real agility. And he commanded the back four really well. Um, and he shows Marco Silva that we've actually got a quality goalkeeper at the club, you know, Definitely. and that that will keep Leno on his, on his toes. And I'm pleased for Marek because he put so much into those two promotion campaigns and he's been discarded too easily um, for my liking. I know you can only have one goalkeeper, mm-hmm. um, but it sat a little uneasy with me that he kept a good clean sheet of walls and then he was straight out of the first team. Yeah. And so I was pleased that having to wait a long time to for another chance, he took it so well. Yeah, just on the topic of goalkeepers, um, Fulham's K. Ashby Hammond was um, in the starting eleven for Stevenage in the FA Cup as they beat Villa um, in, a, in quite a cup set. Fantastic. Uh, He's getting a right. taste for the old uh, FA Cup magic because, of course, he yeah, did, it to, uh, did it to our, Super old... Scotty Parker, who had an unfortunate weekend. Sinking our old rivals, Villa, as well. Well, indeed, yeah. I mean, I, I don't go, you know, I, I don't go in for as much of that about the, the Fulham Villa thing. I think beating yeah. them, at, beating them at Wembley was enough, um, you know. But uh, or, or just on Tayashri Hammond, really nice guy, a very technically a very good goalkeeper, someone who um, grafted and uh, really gained a lot from his loan spell at Boreham Wood last mm-hmm. season. And uh, and it's not just in the FA Cup that Stevenage are doing really well, although they are. They're right up there at the top of League Two, ready to push Leighton Orient all the way. Um, <laughs> and, and, a, and a couple of the other sides there. And that level of experience will bode, will bode really well for Tay and his professional development. You look at how our... We, we just finished talking about Marek. But you look at how Rodak and, uh, and Marcus Bettinelli honed their skills in senior football in League Two, in League One, in the lower reaches, and also in non-league football, and then suddenly were able to put their hand up and uh, and come into the senior squad. Now, you know Tay is part of a family of uh, there are three Ashby Hammond goalkeepers who are exceptional. Um, mm-hmm. Luca is also out on loan, um, and, yeah. and the other Ashby Hammond brother is at a club that um, we shan't mention, um, but. <laughs> But uh, both of those Ashby Hammond brothers, England youth internationals, and gone a little bit under the radar um, so far in their in their Fulham careers. But tremendous to see to see Tay do so well, and some comeback from from Stevenage that shows you just what the magic of the cups all about. Absolutely, um, we love the cup sets, um, so it's been it was brilliant to see. Um, but just back to that, um, who who was your um, standout player overall? Oh, I would have said, I'd say Marek. Sorry, I mentioned half oh, okay. the team, didn't I? But yeah, <laughs> yeah no, that's, that's all right. Marek Got to give Rodak. it to Rodak for me because without Definitely. him and without those saves, we could have been one or two goals down before we really started playing the football that we've come to see from Fulham this season. Yeah, absolutely. I'd probably choose Kenny because, um, mm-hmm. as, as I mentioned earlier, he was um, pure class throughout the middle of the middle of the park. Um, and yeah, he's got every aspect of his game well um and he, he's he's doing really well for Fulham now that he hasn't got any injuries um, he lasted which, the 90 minutes as well too. Yeah, I think that was important you know a lot yeah, of people yeah. said he couldn't do 90 minutes anymore he paced that 90 minutes beautifully yeah definitely got the full 90 under his belt and I think he's he's a, he's a very um he's going to be a very confident and um impact substitute um for the rest of the season which is is brilliant 
Um, obviously, we've discussed Dan James quite a bit. Um, another player which scored yesterday, obviously, Lavin Kazawa, the left back. It's his, it was his second appearance. Of course, he scored his first goal. Um, what is your what, what do you make of the goal, first of all? And obviously, um, do you see um, Kazawa having having an effect on uh, or giving giving Robinson some competition um, now that he's back from injury? Well, he should do. I mean, it's a really he's a really interesting case study in a footballer who, or, or what can happen to a footballer when they lose confidence or, or, or get injuries or just fall out of favour with a manager. Uh, because he's barely played in the last sort of eighteen months at club level at all, and before he went, you know, before he went through that period at PSG, um, he was in the French squad. He was on the cusp of the French World Cup squad, um, and he can offer things in both boxes. He's a good, he's a good one-on-one defender when he's fully fit. We saw a little bit of that um, yesterday, and he get he loves to get forward. And that's the thing that excites a modern manager, particularly somebody like Marco Silva. He wants to get into the final third, um, both with and without the ball, and make a telling contribution. So perhaps we shouldn't have been surprised to see him pop up in the most advanced position when... And I would give a word to Harry Wilson because there were little flashes. Harry had a lone spell at at Hall City um, as well in his career when he was at... Uh, at Liverpool permanently and there's just a little flash of what Harry Wilson does best which is cut back yeah, his cut right back. side onto his left curled a shot Matt Ingram did well to get to it looked like it was going in but he just pushed it out back across the goal and I was wondering who might get on the end of it and it was Kazawa finished it really well off the base of the far post um, that, and you know blinking you missed it and mm. that was 1-0 uh, and just to finish on on him, you know, Marco Silva was glowing in his post-match comments on Lewin Kazawa, talking about he can add a different dimension to my team in attack, uh, saying that on the ball, he's a top, top, top player. Um, and th- there's no doubt that Anthony Robinson has to be the first choice left back. And mm. we do have to take a moment to recognise just how outstanding he has been this season because a lot of people were wondering, you know, it wasn't just Tim Ream, they were wondering, do, can we really get away with playing Robinson at left-back? Um, yeah. Silver was decisive about that. He sent Joe Bryan out on loan. He picked Robinson. And if Kazawa can, because Kazawa's had injury problems throughout his career, he hasn't played anything like the amount of football he should have for someone who's the age that he is because he's just been really unlucky um, with yeah. injury. That's the worry, but this was a very impressive performance. Yes, it was against the championship side. Yes, the game was played at a different type of pace. He'll have bigger tests to come in his Fulham career, but, you know, there are, plenty of, fa- there are plenty of fans writing him off, Thibaut, after that mm. Newcastle horrendous game against Newcastle where a lot of things went wrong. Um, And it's nice to see somebody um, really, really doing well. And hopefully there's something for him to to build on because I do think with the number of games we're going to have to play, he could well be needed to step into a big game and deliver Mm. a a good sort of seven or eight out of 10 performance. Yeah, definitely. I think think it also comes back to the whole... um... 
he's definitely a player that um, has been working a lot, a lot with Silver during the World Cup break. Um, and I think it's evident that he's now um, he's now looking like a, quite a promising player for us, um, which is good because it means we have the depth in that in that sort of area, really. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing what, what else he can bring to the team. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're spot on in that assessment. Um, so, yeah, obviously we've drawn Sunderland at home in the next round, um, which is, is brilliant. We haven't played Sunderland for a while. Um, plus also it's at Craven Cottage. We love a home draw in the FA Cup. Um, what sort of things can we expect from that game? Well, it's, a, it's an interesting draw. Um, for one thing, it may herald the return of Patrick Roberts to Craven Cottage. I know he's played for for Middlesbrough at Craven Cottage before, um, but there was a time when we all thought that Patrick Roberts was going to be the next big thing, and, and I think he did too. Uh, not not just for Fulham, but but for for England and uh, and potentially in the Premier League at a time when we were not um, in the Premier League and Sunderland are going really well, um, having got promoted into the Championship finally. I, I think we'll have all read and, and, and seen the documentaries about Sunderland and we all know about their fanatical support. There are a lot of links between uh, Fulham and, uh, and Sunderland in the past. Um, Andy Melville, Lee Clark, Kevin Ball, not necessarily uh, fondly remember, Paul Bracewell. Um, and, and many, many more. Uh, they will bring literally thousands of supporters if they're allowed to, and I'm sure they will have a hefty allocation. And Toby Mo- Tony Mowbray is a canny manager. You know, he's well drilled in, uh, in in Championship football. I thought he was harshly treated at, at Blackburn, um, and you know he has great experience. So I don't think this will be a walkover. Uh, to both far from it. I think once again, we'll have to earn the right to play and, and we'll have to showcase our uh, quality both on and off the ball. And it'll be a, it'll be a good tie, um, be a good test. It'll be interesting to see after this little frenetic period of matches, we then have a break between Newcastle and Tottenham and then mm. it's Sunderland. It'll be interesting to sort of reassess in the build-up to to that tie, because I assume it'll be on either the Saturday or the Sunday, probably the Saturday actually, um, unless it's yeah. selected for for television coverage. Um, well, then, we never know. So it always seems to be the big teams at the moment. But yeah, yeah, no. Um, but it'll be interesting to reassess in the run up to in, in the days preceding that that match how well we've done with this little big test of league games. We've uh, we've obviously got the boys from Wallham Green on Thursday. And then a real interesting game at Newcastle, smarting from their own FA Cup exit. Um, and then Tottenham. And then this one. And it may be an opportunity for a few players to come in, but we can't afford to take Sunderland lightly. They'll, they'll punish us if we do. Yeah, definitely. It will definitely be a, a tough game. Um, and I think we'll see another strong, but hopefully a stronger performance from our B team. Um, obviously, probably expecting lots of changes from that one. Um, but just on the, obviously the fixtures on the, on the weekend of the 20, 28th, 29th of January, um, we've got some tough fixtures coming up, as you've mentioned, just while we're, we're on that topic. Um, how many points do you see us getting over the next three games? 
<laughs> well, it's um, quite a question I'll put you on the spot here a little bit. Yeah, I'd, I, tend, I, I tend to take it one at a time. Um, mm. I look at the derby and I, it's no exaggeration to say what we, it's what, 18 years since we beat um, the, the sanctioned lot. The <laughs> I think it's time um, to change that statistic. Well, but but I think we're in the best possible position. We're in we're in, we're in the strongest relative position to them that we have been in all of that time. Um, and what 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 you would say about Marco Silva is he's going to go on the front foot, right? Mm. And there's a part of me that wonders between the recording of this podcast. And the match on Thursday, will it be Graham Potter sat in the away dugout at Craven Cottage? Yeah, it you know, I mean, I mean, that's probably hyperbole, but given the way that club does business, you can never be truly sure. And there are already whispers about well, Todd Bowley is is making moves in the transfer market. He's appointing people left, right, and centre. He's got his own list of targets, and it's clear that Potter. And the the fans of the hotel in Fulham are not getting on particularly well at the moment. You know, it hasn't been a, a great start. They, there hasn't been much of a honeymoon period. Um, so, so, look, I, I'm quite confident that we'll put in a good performance. Um, if were Mitrovic available for that game, I'd have no hesitation in predicting a win. Um I don't if think Mitrovic is available on Thursday. No, no I'm yeah. saying were he available. Oh, were he? Sorry, I, I would. That. I would. You know, I'd be very confident. I'd be running down to the bookmakers to, and we don't invite gambling on this podcast. Alan was very, <laughs> very explicit about that last time. Definitely I would just like. I would that. just like to say that you know I concur with that, but I would be going and putting some hard earned. British pound sterling on the table and saying, take my money, put it on a full and win. BeGambleAware.org, just as Indeed, always. yeah, when the fun <laughs> stops, stop. Um, and it doesn't really start with Fulham sometimes, to be honest. Um, but with Mitrovic not being available, and I will say this, we didn't really get to talk about Carlos Vinicius. He did okay. And he was, oh, actually, yeah. uh, he was actually unselfish in the box. There was one chance where I was like, turn and hit it. And he gave it to Pereira, put it on a plate for Pereira and Pereira missed. Now, I'm not as down on Vinicius as some people, but it's just unfair to compare him to Mitrovic. So in a roundabout way, I'm going to go for one point from Chelsea. Uh, and that's fine for me because I've just done it. Yeah, um, you can have that's, that's a fine view. I don't think that will go down well with Alan. No, no, I think we've got to slap me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take my own punishment <laughs> for that one. Yeah, I'll put one point uh, for the SW6 derby and I'll take one point from Newcastle gladly. Um, and hopefully, my hands will be intact after uh, visiting Saudi Geordie land. Um, uh, and then I, I'm quite confident about beating Tottenham. That's where I think the three yeah. points is going to come from. And there's no reason for that. I just look at it and think, out on our own pitch at home, you know, we can beat anybody. Exactly. We can, we can surprise anybody. We can do that away from home as well, but I'd be much more confident 
at Craven Cottage, um, you know, a night game at Craven Cottage always hits different. Always. Uh, and, yeah, I, I would take three points from those three games now if you offered them to me, but I think I'd be slightly disappointed. And isn't that a mark of how well we've done so Absolutely. far? Definitely a marker of how well we've done. It's brilliant to see. And I think we've got a, a, it's a tough schedule, but I think we can definitely get through it. And I think Fulham fans will be revelling um, with the performances that we hopefully put in to get some um, some big performances. Um, also, while we're just on it, um, just want to take this moment to, to laugh at um, that lot down the road for losing quite embarrassingly to Man City in the FA Cup. Um, I'm not biased at all when I say I um, that lot down the road um, aren't the best. But anyway, that's that's completely different. Well, we had a, <laughs> um, we had a um, we had an interesting weekend with our, our local rivals in the FA Cup, didn't we? I mm. QPR have now lost. Um, uh, fifty-one times in, in the third round of the 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 FA Cup. I think it is. That's a record. Um, <laughs> uh, we had obviously you've mentioned uh the the boys from Wallam Green. Um, well, I mean, some of the defending would have made Alan Hansen have an aneurysm. Um, <laughs> so. So that 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 was entertaining, but actually my favourite, of course, was our friends from Hounslow, um, oh, yes. who, who who didn't seem to turn up at all. No, um, not, not the best. Um, no, and and they were not alone. Actually, there are a lot no. of clubs. You know, I I I can't let this podcast finish without mentioning the uh, astonishing comments by Gary O'Neill. Oh, yeah, that was a bit did strange. You, did, you, did you see those? I, the, I don't know why he thinks we're struggling when we're, we're quite quite high above him. Well, uh, the, the, the Premier League is brutal, and I'd agree with him. Nottingham Forest are struggling after spending a lot of money, and any fair assessment would agree with that too. Fulham are struggling too. Well, the only thing we're struggling to do at the moment, Gary, is get in the Champions League places. I mean... <laughs> You know, I I, I I do find it interesting that that uh, we are grouped together with a lot of clubs, and, and as we've talked about before on this podcast, some of the punditry that surrounds the Premier League is remarkably ill-informed. I did mm-hmm. enjoy today. I don't know if you saw it. The Independent splashed on or on its website the um the comments of Marco Silva that I referenced earlier with regard to Lewin Kazawa. And they included a photograph of Issa Diop. <laughs> it makes um, no sense. I mean, you know, standards really are slipping. But I, I would just like to, to to echo what you said a moment ago. You know, Fulham fans up and down the land will be toasting Marco Silva. Um, he, he is a genius, as the song goes. And indeed, <laughs> the other man referenced in that song had a rather glorious start to his managerial career in Belgium earlier today. I don't want to gloat about it, Thibaut, because it's not my style. It is the second time I've mentioned it on this podcast. I just wanted to make sure that listeners were aware um, that our our, uh, our fashion model mogul former manager... I don't worry about it too much because he could be a future guest on here sometime. You are? (laughs) 
Well, you reckon, do you? Well, I don't think I'll be appearing in that. Managing at Club Bruges, maybe. I, I don't think I'll be appearing on that podcast somehow. I think my invitation might get might get lost in the post. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, indeed, indeed, and. Uh, no, the, the the only other thing to mention from from the weekend was oh, yeah. obviously, obviously we had a couple of young players on the bench, and I think Silver mentioned the fact that for Callum McFarlane and, and indeed Luke Harris, who we've seen already in the first team, the the situation, the game situation with Fulham hanging on to a one nil lead, it wasn't necessarily made for them to come on and have a first taste of senior football. He preferred to shore it up with the experienced players. Um, yeah, and our under nineteen squad have gone out to Germany for an indoor uh, tournament this weekend that has been streamed. I know lots of people who weren't able to make it to Hall um, will have watched that. And the only other thing to say is it was a great turnout of supporters at Hall, considering there were no um, there were no trains to speak of. Um, <laughs> and your only means of getting there were either to hitchhike, which is easier said than done, to Humberside, to get on the <laughs> club coach. And we had a very lively club coach from uh, from Craven Cottage. I apologise to all the uh, fellow passengers on my particular coach because I, I enjoyed myself greatly it's without any without any it. alcohol. It was a dry coach. <laughs> Let me just underline that to both. Thank you. Um, or you could have uh, got someone else to drive you. And uh, there are several cars from which I'm now banned for uh, my previous exploits in, in going to away games this season. So that wasn't yeah, an option. Too many fines, is it? <laughs> no, it's not that. I, I think I just get I get a bit excited following Fulham. I know it's hard to believe, uh, Kieran, but but but, but that's what happens. Absolutely, we love Fulham. But look, Dan, it has been brilliant talking to you to discuss the win over Hull tonight. Thank you for joining me. Um, and we will be back on either Tuesday or Wednesday to preview the game against that lot down the road, which if you didn't know, I'm going to insert it in quotation marks. So I don't get fined. We played Chelsea. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, we've both no, done it no, once now. Me, please. I've, I've inserted it in quotation marks. Okay, I'll believe you, mate. Yeah, please do. Um, but have a great week and yeah, up the Fulham. Come on, you whites.